Chapter thirty nine of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Speak in public. At length the time had come when I could no longer skulk behind a printing press. That bulwark had been torn down, and now I must literally open my mouth for the dumb, or be one of those dogs spoken of in Scripture who would not bark the resolve to speak at that meeting had come in an instant as a command not to be questioned and i began to prepare james mcelvey a lawyer and nephew of my husband drew my will and i executed it settled my business and wrote a statement of the visitor trouble that it might live if i ceased to do so then went to bed sent for miles brown to come to my room and saw him alone he was a pennsylvanian who had the reputation of being a dead shot and had a pair of fine revolvers he pledged himself solemnly to go with me and keep near me and shoot me square through the brain if there was no other way of preventing me falling alive into the hands of the mob my mind was then at ease and i slept until my mail was brought in it was a letter from william m shin saying that without his knowledge my husband had succeeded in having my one-third interest in the swiss vale estate sold at sheriff's sale and had become the purchaser mr shin added his opinion that the sale was fraudulent and proposed entering suit to have it set aside but i could attend to no suit and lost all hope of saving anything from my separate estate surely the hand of the lord lay heavily upon me that day but i never doubted that it was his hand the good shepherd would lead me and feed me and i should know no want when it was time to go to the meeting i was dressed by other hands than my own i knew harry and my brother-in-law henry swisshelm had organized for defence and asked no questions but went with them elizabeth carried her camphor bottle as coolly as if mobs and public meetings were things of everyday life while mrs hike a new england woman held my arm saying we'll have a nice time in the river together for i'm going in with you they can't separate us as we approached the stern's house the crowd thickened and pressed upon us harry stopped and said gentlemen stand back if you please the guard closed around me every man with his hand on his revolver there were oaths and growls but the mob gave way and made no further opposition to our entrance the meeting was called to order by thomas stearns the owner of the house and for whom the county had been named who with his brave wife had made every possible arrangement for the meeting the large parlors were packed with women and every other foot of space downstairs and even up were filled with men while around the house was a crowd it was a wonder where all the people could have come from a rostrum had been erected at the end of the parlor next the hall but i had no sooner taken it than there was an ominous murmur outside and it was discovered that my head made a tempting target for a shot through the front door so the rostrum was moved out of range there was not much excitement until i named general lowry and two other men as the persons who had destroyed the visitor office then there was a perfect howl of oaths and catcalls general lowry was on the ground himself leading his forces outside a rush was made stones hurled against the house p 
pistols fired and every woman sprang to her feet but it was to hear and see not shriek harry held the doorway into the hall henry that into the dining-room brown had joined harry and i said in a low concentrated voice brown he turned and pressed up to the rostrum don't fail me don't leave me remember i remember don't be afraid i'll do it but i'm going to do some other shooting first save two bullets for me i pled and shoot so i can see you i will i will but all the time he was looking to the door mrs hyke was clinging to me sobbing we'll go together no one can part us the mob was pressed back and comparative quiet restored and when i finished the reading of my address i began to extemporize what i said seemed to be the right words at the right time a hushed attention fell upon the audience inside and out then there was applause inside which called forth howls from the outside and when i stepped from the platform i was overwhelmed with congratulations and more astonished than any one to learn that i could speak in public t h barrett a young civil engineer was chairman of the committee on resolutions and brought in a set which thrilled the audience they were a most indignant denunciation of the destruction of the office an enthusiastic endorsement of the course of the visitor and a determination to re-establish it under sole control of its editor they were passed singly by acclamation until the last when i protested that they should take time to think should consider if it were not better to get another editor there could be no peace with me in the editorial chair for i was an abolitionist and would fight slavery and woman whippers to the death and after it there was a universal response of good good give it to em and we'll stand by you this was the beginning of the final triumph of free speech but the end was yet in the dim distance and this i knew then as well as afterwards t h barrett who carried that meeting is the man who fought the last battle of the rebellion at the head of his negro troops away down in texas ten days after lee's surrender and before that news had reached him brown was charged with cowardice in having kept back among the women and i had to explain on his account End of chapter thirty nine